We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dave Wanstead, hanging out with Molly and Haw. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. We've got Coach Wanstead on the Signature Bank score hotline. Signature Bank making commercial banking personal. And, Dave, we've been been talking about the Bears uh, leading the offseason. They've got whatever, $110, $118 million available in the salary cap. They got the number one overall pick in the draft. They're on the clock. Um... How much, when you see, I mean, it's very rare we see this amount of cap space, but they they kind of uh, decided to bite the bullet. When you see that kind of um, of money available to a team, do you think it's um, do you think it's five? Is it six? How many starters can you get in free agency? Is it less than that? Are you going to be careful about the money? And uh, and and what about the draft? How many more starters do you add when you finish uh, worst in the NFL? Yet means you got a lot of room for improvement. Right. Uh, you know, it, let's assume that we do trade down and we we pick up another one or two. Or uh, I could see us getting four players, uh, and I'm going to be a little conservative. Four starters. Uh, out of the draft, I really could very easily. I mean, you know, right now we got one, two, and three. I'm, I'm going to disregard our fours and fives that we have, uh, even though you can hit a player, and, and we have, and, and there's a lot of, you know, the Tom Brady's of the world. I know all those stories. Uh, but I, I would say conservatively, let's say we get four starters out of the draft after we make a trade, if that's what we do, trade down. And then we should definitely be able to get four starters so I would look at eight guy, eight players. I think that's a conservative number going into next season that we could legitimately have eight players. Now, the other side of having that cap money, I'm sure that Ryan Poles is sitting back and saying, okay, who do we have You know, that's a young player that we would want to extend and take advantage of this right now? So I don't know who that would be, you know, maybe a Mooney type of player, uh, maybe Jalen Johnson, I, I, you know, I, maybe one of those offensive linemen. I mean, do we want to lock a couple of these guys up? Uh, that's the other side of it. Then they have to decide, obviously, how much money they want to allot to both. But, you know, this whole thing comes down to, to, to really getting, not just spending the money and not just having a bunch of draft picks. It comes down to getting the right players, guys. And there's been a lot of teams that have made a lot of great trades, 
okay, over the years. Uh, you know, the Raiders made a big one. I remember the, the Eric Dickerson trade. The Rams had a I – mean, and they never really ma- ma- materialized or hit it because they, they didn't pick the right players. So that's a key. And, and let me just say this because I'm, I'm, today I'm kind of throwing stuff out there because I'll be debating this stuff I know for the next six months and the haters will all be coming out. But I want to, you know, you, you know, know this, that there is a window. And you can talk all you want about Justin Fields because he got he's a quarterback that runs, that he won't last. And w- what are you talking about lasting? You're going to say you want a guy that lasts 15 years? Fantastic. But do you want a quarterback that's on your team that's a really good player for 10 years? Or do you want to win a Super Bowl? If you want to win a Super Bowl, I think you got to look at it as a four-year window, say, a three. You know, last year, last year there were two teams, guys. Jacksonville won three games, and they're in the playoffs. The Giants won four games last year, and they're in the playoffs. So this thing will turn, and I think it can turn, a heck of a lot faster than what Bear fans realize. And so I would kind of – what I'm trying to say is I would – box everything in that how can we win a Super Bowl in the next four years and take advantage and I'm going to use the word take advantage of Justin Fields and his abilities maybe he won't be running like that six seven years from now I don't know but in the next two three four years he's going to be and there's something special there and I would focus on that I mean you know and, and and I know the grass is always greener yeah let's take Bryce Young God bless you he's a great player uh, you know, but just look at the quarterbacks that were drafted the last couple of years. You know, Zach Wilson. You want Zach Wilson? I don't know. Do you want Trevor Lance, uh, Trey Lance? I don't know. Do you want Mac Jones rather than Justin Fields? Good luck. Go ahead. You want Jordan Love? He was a first round pick. Tua? Do you want Tua? I mean, I, I, you know, so I think the grass will always be greener. People will never be happy. But boy, if you're taking something that you have and that you know, and if if you really believe on it. And I know 25% of what the people obviously in the building know about Justin Fields. But if you like him, you build around him, and you do everything to try to win a Super Bowl in the next four years. To me, that's the deal. It's also the practical matter, Dave, of having to see it through once you've started down this road and how many other needs that you have. You've given us a lot to think about. I think the four starters in free agency, four in the draft, sounds realistic. I want to get back to one of your three scenarios at the top, though, because you know how the league works. And if the Bears don't find a trade partner at number one and they're there and they take a non-quarterback at number one, how realistic is that and how conceivable? What would be the reaction if the Bears stand pat yet take the best player on their board and it's not a quarterback? Oh, they'll be criticized. They'll be definitely criticized. There's no question about that. You know, because, um, uh, you know, everybody's anticipating that, that we got an opportunity to to, to really uh, make this first-round pick uh, be multiple picks. So that's the mindset, and I'm sure that's the mindset that Ryan Poles has right now. You know, and we and we may not get the home run. You know, it, it, let's just say that Ryan Poles is totally convinced, him and Matt Eberflus, that either either Anderson or Gardner, one of those defensive line, the guy at Georgia, the guy at Alabama, that they are impact players, and we want one of these two guys, one of these two guys, and they have to get down. But if they go lower than four, if they go lower than four or three, 
They may not get either one, the guy they want, okay? They, they may not get the bonanza of extra picks to move down a spot or two, but I think it's going to be there. If someone's going to come up to them and try to get them. They'll be, if they want to move out of that and get the guy they want, they'll be able to make it happen. I'm pretty confident of that. Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, a lot of what you say makes sense, Dave. Um, when we when we talk about teams with sal- – I can't remember a team with this much salary cap space, but I don't know I, I don't know how good that is, to be brutally honest with you. I mean, I think um, – didn't uh, Indy have like $69 million going into last year? And it's not like just because you have it, you're spending a ton of money. They picked up the – the quarterback contract, I think that's like forty million of dead cap space that they'll have uh, when when he's done. Um, I, I just don't know. You know, you can spend that money in different ways. You can use um, you can use some of that to eat a salary to get another pick. I I just don't know. These numbers are so kind of incredible, and there are teams that were. 50 million over the cap that that kind of manipulate things and figure out ways you know the salary cap is like a living breathing organism and and even though you have all this money theoretically it's not like you have to spend it or you have to use it or you're going to improve so dramatically especially if there aren't good players available you know what we do need to find something out because uh Back in the day, you know, I, I remember when I was at the Bears, it wasn't called free agency stuff, but but our total budget was like 70-some million, and we spent it, okay? Right. Uh, but there were some teams that were not spending all their money, right. and the ne- the next player contract that came up, there is something written in there, and you can maybe research it, unless you guys might know, but, but now each team needs to spend – at least, I don't know if it's 80%, 90%, 50%. I don't know what the number is. But now there is something written in there because the players are saying, hey, come on, we got to spend all the money. You know, So now you have to spend X amount of dollars of what are your – of the salary cap. I do know that. So I, I don't know what that number is. And but the, uh, the new floor is $182.5 million. The salary okay. cap floor okay. is 182. Okay, there you go. Okay, so that that we got that, and you know the thing that can happen in this case, let let's face it. If a guy's a really good player, the team he's with is going to want to keep him. So the Bears are going to have to probably, and there'll be criticism for this, to go get a great player. You're probably going to have to overpay, and the Bears have that money, so they may overpay yep. this year for a few guys to get who they want. Uh, that's just the facts, you know. I mean, it's like buying a house, right? What's your house worth? Well, it's not worth that much. Well, somebody <laughs> just offered me that. Well, if you want it, you're gonna have to pay it, you know. So that's uh, uh, that's that that'll probably happen. Some I would expect that to happen a little bit. And the prices that you pay in free agency, it's through the nose. I mean, it's like you're you are shopping in the high rent district. You know, you're not just getting an apartment; you're getting one. On the on the richest uh, street in town, right? In other words, you're not you're buying retail on Michigan Avenue. You're not going to the dollar store. The prices are extraordinary because it, there is a bidding war on, and you're usually making up for failed draft picks. Absolutely, yeah. And and you know what? I think Ryan Pohl and, and his staff. I think they're good enough. 
I really do. You know, I from the draft, you look at some of the late round picks we got that that really have a chance to be players in this league and and contribute. Uh, they're going to find some free agent guys that they may give a few dollars more than what the market says they should give, but but they really believe that they're good players and they might not be household names, but they're going to come in and 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 make our team better and. Uh, and maybe strengthen our team from the bottom up. So uh, that's that's all on the table to happen. It, it truly is. I mean, there's a lot of work that has to be done, a lot of different scenarios, and we really won't know anything. You know, the, I, I would ex- I would not be shocked if the Bears come out and Ryan Pohl says, you know what, we uh, we're we're not sure about uh, Justin Fields. You know, uh, our doors open. Someone's going to say, "Would you draft a quarterback?" That's going to come up today, mm. and if and I wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't shock me, but I really wouldn't believe it if he came out and said, "Hey, if he's the best player on our board, we'll draft a quarterback." I, that wouldn't shock me, you know, because with the he's trying to send a message to everybody in the NFL. You know what? We may just sit there. So if you want our pick, you're going to have to pay more guys because we we're content. We're content to sit here and take another quarterback. Dave, you've you know, been in this, you've been in a situation before where. You talk about the quarterback, and if he says that today, what does he have mm-hmm. to say to Justin Fields? How much assurance do you need to give your starting quarterback, your franchise quarterback in this case, that you believe in him? Because if you publicly say one thing and privately tell him another, does he understand how the game is played, or do you have to make, go out of your way to make sure that he knows that he's your guy? Yeah, I, you better make sure that he knows. But you know what? I just think, and I might be – off on this thing. I think that Justin Fields has really earned the respect, maybe not because of all the touchdown passes he threw, but I think he has earned the respect of every player in that locker room. I think that there's not a guy on that team right now that says this guy is a winner and he does everything he can every week to help us win and wants to win a championship. So, yes, you would have to address Justin Fields uh, David, if you say that, but I think too that that you know you, you got to be careful with the team. It's a fine line there, or pretty soon they start thinking in the back of their minds is there doubt, you know, and then that's a whole whole other story. But think of this: we had Troy Aikman, and in the supplemental draft in June, uh, we drafted Steve Walsh, okay, mm-hmm. with the first, and we traded him later for a one and a two. So we, so Jimmy, Jimmy picked up an extra pick with it. I mean, you know, Jimmy. I mean, the best part of the thing he loved more than anything was draft day. That was his deal. We made more trades the first year at the Dallas Cowboys than the entire National Football League made in the last five years together. So, I mean, he is the master of this, okay? And he knows his, he made his value charts out, and uh, we got to get him. I'll get him to come on. I'll call him, and we'll get him to come on here next week or two. But, I mean, so he he can talk about his thinking a little bit with some of that stuff and uh, it'll give our listeners a whole different spin, you know? Yeah, that sounds great. And, you know, it's funny because, Jimmy, the the uh, the draft chart, obviously, um, it's, a, it's kind of a loose blueprint, but it's still used. The teams still have it, and they still look at it. And, you know, supposedly, I yeah, the, the, I was just going to say that the – the number one overall pick is like 3,000 points, and the number two pick is 2,600. So by virtue of Lovey Smith winning that game and the Bears losing, they picked up effectively a second-round pick? Absolutely. Yep. And that chart, we sat there, and I would sit there next to him, and he'd, we'd have a chart on, and he'd be talking on the phones 
to somebody and, and our person, our director of uh, football would be talking to somebody else or Jerry would be talking to somebody and he'd be trying to get two or three deals going. And, and he would always say value of that. Okay. You'll give us a third. What's that value? And he'd look over and we'd put our finger. I would say, Hey, that's 500 points. We're up 500. Give him the thumb up 500 or Hey, bad deal. We're down 500. So he really, uh, you make those gut decisions. You're, you're going to get tied into emotions. You got to take the emotions out of this draft. Now, when you have this, obviously it's the picks and you have the money and stuff and, he just felt better, and that's why he got with our finance guys, our money guys, and said, let's work on this chart. This is what I want. You guys come up with the numbers and tell me how I can use it. Dave, every team goes through exit interviews with players and coaches, and at the end of a 3-14 and 14 season, you can imagine how those conversations would go. Yesterday, Justin Jones revealed that he said that the Bears players addressed some grievances with the coaches, and they, they took the constructive criticism um, from the players. And I just wonder, when you talk about a team that believes it has such a strong culture and then you hear a player talking about the airing of grievances, uh, how do you reconcile those two things and, and how do those conversations go? Well, that's why I kind of like Matt Eberflus, that he that that's part of his uh, exit physical strategy. You know, I want to hear it now. You know, ha- half the stuff he, he may not pay any attention to, uh, but there may be one or two points there that uh, – that do make sense. And, you know, it, it could be something. Everybody wants to go to the extreme when they hear that. But it may just be something like, hey, coach, if we could if we could leave a little bit earlier on the flight and get to the hotel and the visiting team, it would give us a little bit more time before our meeting. You know what I mean? Or it might be a dress code thing. It could be little things like that. It's every, Everybody wants to assume that they're in their tone saying that the defensive coordinator doesn't know what he's doing or the offensive coordinator or whatever. That's not the case. I mean, I'm sure that uh, for the most part, it's it's meeting times and maybe walk-through times and pads and when we're not pads and how we conduct our meeting after the game. We're all in here together, Coach. Any chance we could have more individual time, you know, stuff like that. Dave, when we, when we think about uh, the Bears kind of winding up in this spot, clearly they didn't plan on it because if they had – they wouldn't have made the trade for Chase Claypool. I mean, the the reality is that they gave up what is now the 32nd pick in the NFL draft. Most years that would be the last pick of the first round, but this year it's the first pick of the second round because Miami lost their pick, um, and they gave that up for Chase Claypool. So Claypool, the way the year finished for him and the the numbers and all the rest of it, had they imagined they'd be this bad and have a 10-game losing streak uh, from the time they acquired him, I doubt they'd have made that move. Uh, I can't argue with it, but I can't disagree. I, I can't go either way on that because i got to see more. I mean, the ability is there. We know that, okay? But, but we haven't seen it on the field. So I'm holding judgment on, on Claypool until I see it. I know what he's talking about. He's going to work in the offseason, and him and Justin are going to do this, and we're going to have a great team, and we're going to do this. That's all fantastic. Show me the money. Show me on Sunday that you're there, you're practicing, you're durable enough, and and you got the ability to do it, and the size and the strength and the speed and the intelligence. Now, come on. Either we're going to do it this year or we're moving on. Dave, you got to give us your weekly Jim Harbaugh update because the story keeps changing. What's he going to do, and how do you explain this flirtation 
with the Denver Broncos? I would hire Jim Harbaugh if I was an NFL team tomorrow. Uh, you know what, guys? It's been it's being proven in the college ranks more so that these guys that have done it uh, in other programs and they have a winning formula, your odds are better, I think, with them than than just winning the press conference and hiring some young guru guy, offense or defense. I don't care. Jim Harbaugh has won on every level, including the National Football League. Now, does Jim want to take a job? Do you go and interview or talk to anybody if you don't? No. So I think he's looking. I think if he gets an opportunity, he leaves. The other side of the coin is, and I love Jim. I mean, he, you guys know that, and we we communicate. But I tell you what, if I'm Michigan, I'm about, I'm about getting tired of this, okay? You know, I mean, truly. And there's got to be a hard conversation pretty quick here. Jim, you know, either you're here or you're not, but we're not going to go through this every year. It's not fair to our program, our alumni, our administration. It's just not right. Are you here or aren't you? I think if he gets the right offer, he leaves. That's my personal opinion. Wow. Uh, Dave, any, any playoff thoughts, anything surprise you? Do you, uh, do you like the chalk? What are you thinking of when you look at, uh, at the NFL playoffs? When I look at the playoffs, you know, I, I don't see a dominant team mm-hmm. in the NFC. I mean, who would you be when we were kidding about Detroit, you know, about Detroit beating the Packers. And I said to somebody, I think I was talking to North Turner and I said, you know, North, if we were going in the playoffs right now, and I, Detroit would be a team that I wouldn't want to play, you know, Tampa, Detroit. I mean, look at the teams that are in there. They all got even even 49ers. Everyone's talking the 49ers or the team. They might be, but they're playing guys, a rookie quarterback. This guy is, this whole playoff thing is a different level of intensity for players and coaches. So, I mean, he's, we'll see what he does. I'm, I'm, and Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia, look yeah. at Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is playing in the halfway through the fourth quarter against the Washington commanders and he can't, they can't beat them. So, you know, I, um, I, I don't see, you know, I don't see the dominant team. What I would say and sum it up is don't count Tom Brady out. If, wow. if they, I'm telling you, they've got enough ability down there in Tampa. They're playing at home. Uh, he's got his passing game going a little bit now with Evans and Godwin. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have a real favorite. Philadelphia is who I'd pick. If I had to pick somebody right now, I would say the Eagles. But, because they get to buy. But I'll tell you what, I think it's as close of having uh, a non-dominant team in the NFC. It's been the last couple of years. That's a great point. Dave, thank you. Great catching up. Always a joy. Thanks, Dave. Okay, guys. See you. That is Coach Wanstead. Uh, interesting stuff all the way around. Really does a great job of breaking down a lot of that stuff for you. Eagles are going to be tough. I Hurts is going to play hurt, but I think that still overall, that to me is the most complete team in the NFC. 312-644-6767. You know, you got to worry about the quarterback with San Francisco. If they could resolve that as a really good football team that's won a lot of games too. But we'll talk about it. Mullion Hall on the score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, I, I'm nowhere to say I, I don't make those decisions, but I, I'm here for the long run. I, I love the position I'm in. I think I can, you know, this offseason is going to be great for me to, to lock down that position for sure. So it's definitely, you know, I can obviously play the biggest role into making that decision. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not my decision, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I get that locked down. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is the voice of Braxton Jones. He is the left tackle of the Chicago Bears, a former fifth-round draft pick who played every uh, every down this season. And uh, I don't know where you are with him, David. It's nice to hear a guy on his exit interview say that his, his – uh, Goal is to lock down that position, but he has to understand that he'll be competing for it probably in the next year. Well, I think that if you're ranking promising offensive linemen on on the Bears, that he's at the top of the list, and the pet, the potential outweighs the production right now because this year was about developing him at a spot where you really can benefit if he develops because of the price and the value at a premium position. If he can adequately man a premium position moving forward, and you make that determination based on your offseason film study and evaluation of his rookie season and his commitment to the weight room, which is got to be priority one for him, and he said that, then you can, you can afford to go into next season with him as your starting left tackle provided or if you are unable to upgrade that position in free agency. You're going to have to try, though. There's going to be players out there, but you also have flexibility, and he he allows you some of that freedom. So I think that's a good thing. He is a positive moving forward because you have too many other negatives that are more glaring. If you were if you were already a playoff team, Molly, I think is what I'm saying, and you were looking at your offensive line, which was playoff caliber, Braxton Jones might be a piece you want to replace. But if you're the Bears and you're 3-14 and 14 and you have so many other holes to fill, I'm not so sure that you have that luxury. So you, 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 you look at the future, and if you find somebody that's better, you sign them. If not, you go with him. 
He's 23 years old, so he's still a very young man, and uh, and obviously he's got um, a season of starting under his belt. Um, but I don't know, I don't know that you don't want competition at that position. And frankly, if uh, if there was you know somebody available in free agency, there's been different guys talked about. Maybe you can buy. A solution there and try him somewhere else. Well, yeah, I think that you, we talked to Bigsy about this, and the name Mike McGlinchey will come up, and we'll vet well, him after the season. What about Orlando Brown? Well, Orlando Brown is good too. He's uh, better than McGlinchey. yeah. McGlinchey yeah. is he's got the Notre Dame pedigree that the Bears seem to like. <laughs> um, add another domer to the huddle. Uh, Orlando <laughs> Brown is great too. I don't know if they're going to let him get out of town. You, the, all these things that are speculative are are based on their availability and unrestricted free agency. A lot of these teams, some of these teams may decide to use a franchise tag to keep guys in town. They might ex- offer extensions before they hit the open market. A lot of, a uh, lot of things could happen, but yeah, those veterans at the top of the list without question would represent an upgrade. And if you're able to sign those guys, you definitely want to do that because you have to give your quarterback and it all starts with him the best chance in the best environment to take that next step. 312-644-6767. Let's get to the phone lines. We'll start with Danny. He's in Wheeling. Hey, Danny. Hey, guys. Hey, Danny. How are you guys doing? Uh, Thanks for taking the call. You know, um, I was just calling about uh, Stetson Bennett. Uh, You know, obviously, uh, you don't hear much about his draft stock or his viability in the NFL, but uh, I know he's undersized, but talk about a winner with, you know, with all the tangibles um, for, you know, all four playoff games that he's played in the last two years, he's been uh, offensive MVP. And I know the bears are looking for a, a backup quarterback. I know that I certainly don't want to go into next year with uh, Nathan Peterman or uh, Tim Boyle. So maybe a late round selection. Um, just wanted to get your guys viewpoint on, on Stetson Bennett. Yeah, he's five foot eleven. Um, I I don't know. Uh, he was he's older than Justin Fields. He's older than five of the quarterbacks who will start playoff games this year, yeah. this weekend. Yeah. And so, I I don't want to take anything away from a guy that became a college football legend last night. You have to give him credit. Back to back national championships. But when you're projecting his NFL future, I'd be surprised if he emerged as a long-term starter he's a guy that you could envision being a a a good backup for six to eight years molly those guys come around all the time i don't know if he's the next brock purdy that'll be the next think piece written about stetson bennett as the playoffs develop a guy that's a late round draft pick that you could trust as a starter that would be a tremendous story i just don't think it's very realistic based on his size and skills and i mean he's 511 and he weighs like 190 and apparently, according to um, ESPN, since uh, 2006, there have been three quarterbacks uh, listed under six feet and 200 pounds that have been drafted. That is Appalachian State's Armonte Edwards. He was a third-round pick in 2010. Michigan's Denard Robinson, a fifth-round pick in 2013. And uh, Navy's uh, Malcolm Perry, a seventh-round pick in 2020. Um, You don't count Julian Edelman, who would fit that criteria. 
uh, because he was a quarterback at Kent State, but is a wide receiver in the NFL and was a seventh-round pick in 2009. There are a lot of great college quarterbacks that yeah. never make it in the NFL for a yeah. variety of reasons. Johnny Menzel, for goodness sakes. Charlie Ward. Guys that come to mind, Eric Crouch, Tommy Frazier. The list is long, and I just think that Stetson Bennett's name may go uh, on that list. doesn't take anything away from the fact that he won 29 games right. <laughs> as a starter. Right. 29-3, yeah. Def- two-time defending uh, national champion. He will go, yeah. you know, besides – you look at the list of Georgia all-time greats, and he's in the top five, but that doesn't mean he's going to be an NFL starting quarterback. Let's try Scott. Scott is on the road. Hey, Scott. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Uh, thanks for taking the call. just want to talk a little bit about this draft. I think Foles put him in a, himself in a good position last Friday when he came out and didn't give Fields a glaring review. You know, um, he's left everything open. I think every nobody's untouchable on this team, including Fields. And I like Justin Fields. I just don't think he can hit that window. You know, going to the draft, I think, you know, you're, you're looking at the Colts. you got an ownership there that wants to win. Trade with the Colts. Get what you need in the, you know, with the picks. You're still going to get one of them defensive guys at four. And, and, and tell them to throw in Buckner. <laughs> Buckner. You know, and well, that'd I be wish, pretty good. I wish, I wish Atlanta had the fourth pick. Because then we could fleece Ryan Pace again. Or for once, fleece him, not not him fleecing us. <laughs> that sounds ambitious. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure hilarious. how much input he has into their draft room. Let's squeeze in. Uh, t- oh, no, we don't have time. I'm sorry. We'll come back. We'll get to your calls a little bit later. We got Mike Florio joining us next. And well, then we'll get to uh, a Taggart and Bob and everyone else waiting for us. Uh, Mike Florio next. Mully and Hall on the score. Talk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash Pro Football Talk. NFL Insider, Mike Florio. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. We love our opportunity to talk to Mike Florio, and he joins us now. On the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Michael, good morning. How are you? Doing great, guys. How are you today? You know, we're doing okay. We uh, saw the Bears clinch that final draft pick, one of the craziest things ever with Lovey Smith, the former Bears coach. Somehow they they score in a Hail Mary, uh, ball goes through a guy's hands, then they kick the two-point conversion. It was It was really something special here in Chicago, the the race to the bottom. Oh, it was amazing, and it makes the Texans the gang that couldn't tank straight for 2022. I thought Lovey would pull it off because it was eight years ago that he had a 10-point lead, 11-point lead, I think, against the Saints in the second half of a Tampa Bay-New Orleans game when the Bucks needed to lose to nail down the number one overall pick that became Jameis Winston, and Lovey just simply took out half of his starters and the Saints came back and won the game, and he got Jameis Winston. And some would say that alone is the punishment for the tanking, but that's a different issue altogether. Lovey previously has shown he knows how to tank. This time he didn't, and it got him fired, although I doubt that he was fired because he unsuccessfully tanked. I think he was fired for different reasons, including 
they never expected him to have that job for very long in the first place. He was fired because he's not Josh McCown, Mike. I mean, look at what the Texans have done the last two years, given David Culley one year, given Lovey Smith one year. At what point, it's already a farce, at what point does the league look at that and say, what are you doing here? Because they can do whatever they want. They own the team, but one year is not enough time for either of those guys to get going whatever they started. Well, and remember, not that long ago, it was reported that at the meetings that the owners had in December, they tried to appeal to the basic greed of the folks who operate the franchises by pointing out all the money that's been spent in recent years on buyouts. That doesn't stop teams who are determined to make changes. And I think what would have happened a year ago, if Brian Flores doesn't file his lawsuit against the Dolphins, and that lawsuit was filed after David Culley was fired but before the Texans hired a new coach, I firmly believe they would have hired Josh McCown then. But when Brian Flores files the racial discrimination lawsuit against the NFL, generally I felt like the Texans had to revisit their plans, and they did have Brian Flores on their list of finalists before they pivoted to Lovey Smith, kind of out of the blue. They had three finalists, none of whom were Lovey Smith, and all of a sudden they give Lovey Smith the job. It just felt weird from the get-go. And I, I agree. Look, I, I remember last year when they fired Cully, they said they had philosophical differences. Well, what the hell philosophical differences could come to a head in one year of working together? What, what line in the sand did David Cully, a guy in his 60s, who nobody ever even regarded as a potential NFL head coach, what, what fight did he pick? What philosophy was he so wedded to that the, the uh, um, Texans decided they couldn't continue with the guy? I mean, it's, it's just bizarre to me. And it feels like they've got a bigger play in mind. It feels like they've got a plan that they want to implement that they just haven't had the chance to do it the way that they want to do it. And um, that's just the way it is. So we'll see what they do next. But dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. And the, the Texans continue to be incredibly dysfunctional. Mike, we, we've talked about the idea that the Bears probably didn't plan on uh, having the, uh, the first overall pick. Because if they did, why would they have traded their second round pick, which is 32nd, because obviously the, uh, the uh, Dolphins are punished for tampering with Tom. Um, they lost their first round pick. So the Bears effectively gave away a number one pick for Chase Claypool in that trade with Pittsburgh. And why would you do that, um, given the fact that at the time it looked like uh, that pick would be significantly worse than than it was? So I, I'm sure that uh, Pittsburgh feels pretty good about that. Um, we'll be monitoring who they take with that pick and how they compare. And we'll also be hoping that Chase Claypool – uh, can be better than he was. The, maybe the only way for the Bears fans to feel better about that would be if you could just tell us right now that if Claypool had gone to the Packers, they'd have made the playoffs. Well, you know, that's right. And that was part of the push and pull that was happening, the two teams that were trying to get Claypool. And Claypool has shown early in his career the ability to be very good. It's tailed off, and nobody quite knew why. And I think there was a warning sign there. Look, when you consider that Mike Tomlin, the coach of the Steelers, kept Antonio Brown under control for the better part of a decade before he just couldn't anymore, there were some indications that maybe Claypool has some diva tendencies. That was something that was put out into the ether by one of the 
writers who is employed directly by the Steelers at their website. That came out after his rookie year. And I remember thinking, well, where's this coming from? Why do they think, what's he done to ever lead anyone to think that? And since then, there's been some things that, again, it culminated in the Steelers deciding to move on from a guy who has shown flashes of incredible talent. So the, the, the whole move was about getting a guy that would potentially help the team next year. In hindsight, I think if they had known, He was going to be the 32nd overall pick that was given up, and that's ultimately why, uh, you know, the the Steelers chose the Bears over the Packers. They they thought that second-round pick was going to be higher, and they were right. But I think if the Bears had known that's what they were giving up, maybe they they wouldn't have done the move after all. Mike, the AFC Championship game will be at a neutral site if it's the Chiefs and the Bills. Detroit said no, can't do that. Indianapolis said no, can't do that. Why not Chicago? Well, hey, why not anywhere that's outdoors? I, I like the idea of two teams. If it becomes Bills-Chiefs, we know that that game would have been outdoors. It makes no sense to me that it'd be put in a sanitized, controlled environment because weather would have been a factor regardless of who the home team was. And as part of this move that the owners made on Friday where they voted to change the rule on the books, that's one thing that – they kept very close to the vest last week. They did not tell anybody, hey, we already have a rule for dealing with a canceled game, and that is that we're going to determine playoff positioning and seeding by winning percentage. We've already crossed that bridge. We already have that rule. We're just going to change it because we don't like how that rule applies to this case. And we're going to come up with this Frankenstein monster approach where we're going to use neutral site for the AFC championship, and we're going to do this weird coin flip thing if the Ravens manage to sweep the Bengals even though the Bengals have the better winning percentage. The whole thing was weird. The whole thing was odd. But the big part of it was they gave the commissioner full autonomy to pick where the neutral site is going to be. So it's his decision and his decision alone. And uh, I I think it needs to be open air. It needs to be outdoors. And weather needs to be a factor because it would have been if it was played in Kansas City or Buffalo. Mike, I'm just curious, what happens with Aaron Rodgers? Do you think he's back in Green Bay? Do you think he would contemplate retirement? Do you think he could, uh, you know, go 40 days, 40 nights, Tom style? I think once he's gone, he's gone for good. But here's why I think there's a good chance he's going to be back. Last year when the Packers gave him the contract that was overdue, the contract that kept him around, that kept him happy, that got things under control, He's due to make $60 million this year, fully guaranteed. Wow. I don't think he's walking away from $60 million. He said the other night it's a mutual thing. I think he said that because he has to say it. He holds all the cards. He has all the power. And at one point this year, Peter King and I were having this conversation on PFT Live. Peter said they just need to go to him and say, if you come back next year, you need to be all in. You need to be here for the offseason program, even though it's not mandatory, et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is under his contract, he can be there for the bare minimum, and he still gets $60 million this year. And I, I, I just think that at the end of the day, that's a lot of money to walk away from. And I know money shouldn't be the main factor, but it's $60 million for one more year of football. And, you know, if the Packers fail, that, that's, and I think this is why he didn't go play for another team. If he goes and plays for another team and doesn't win a Super Bowl or doesn't get to another Super Bowl, people may say, aha, it was him all along especially if he would go to a team where it kind of felt like the deck was stacked in his favor. If he stays with the Packers and they never get back to a Super Bowl, the narrative's already locked in that it's not his fault. 
Um, so uh, I, I, I think he will be back. I think he will play one more year, and I don't think he'll walk away from $60 million. Mike, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. Just curious on the way out. We saw a pretty lopsided national championship game. Do you anticipate the NFL playoffs being a lot closer this weekend? Well, this weekend, I don't know, because 7-2, and two, Bills, Dolphins, would I, would I be stunned by 62-7 to seven there? You know, and, and people are saying, well, the, the college playoff will be better when 12 teams are in it. The first thing I thought of was 1985 with the Bears when we thought it was going to be Miami and Chicago destined for the rematch, the only game the Bears have lost all year. All it takes is one upset, and it screws up everything, and it sets the stage for a blowout. So we could still have 65-7, to 62-7, to 7, whatever the hell the final score of that game was last night. We could still have a blowout in the national championship game, just like we can always have a blowout in the Super Bowl because one upset on the path to the championship – can put a team that really has no business being there in the final game. Great stuff, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. That is Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. Always a joy to talk to him. 312-644-6767. Back with your calls on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.